G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR and the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Radio Foundation on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today we cover two events that happened last week. First up on Wednesday, the 28th of April, was International Workers' Memorial Day, when those people who died at work are remembered at ceremonies around the country and the world. We follow this with a report from one of the many May Day celebrations that marked International Workers' Day this year. On the 29th of April, 2020, a 26-year-old man died in hospital from serious head injuries after a fall at a residential construction site in Templestowe. On the 30th of April 2020, a 34-year-old woman was crushed by marble slabs inside a shipping container at Dingley Village. On the 4th of May 2020, a 53-year-old builder died after he fell three metres at a residential property near Kerrang. Today is the day where we pause to reflect on the lives that were lost. There are too many lives lost at work and the day that we come together and recommitting to fight like hell for the living. On the 12th of May, a 21-year-old delivery driver was killed after his truck rolled. On the 5th of June, 2020, a 56-year-old worker unloading light towers off a truck was crushed after the load shifted and two towers fell on top of him. On the 10th of June, 2020, a 73-year-old died of complications of disease as a result of exposure to chemicals at work, including benzene and butadine. Our last speaker today is uh, Maddie Harridance, who's an Assistant Secretary at the ANMF. Our frontline workers carried an enormous burden through the pandemic. They didn't get to work from home. They showed up day after day to care for the Victorians that needed it most. I'd like to welcome Maddie to say a few words. Thanks, Will. Um, I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on, who, on whose land we meet today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I also want to pay my respects to the workers who've lost their lives. Gone but never forgotten. So my name is Maddie Harridance and I am an Assistant Secretary, as Will said. I'm very proud to be representing nurses, midwives and carers across the state. And what a year it's been. Some of you may be aware that 2020 was actually dubbed the year of the nurse and the midwife. And there is some cruel irony there where our members saw themselves on the front line of a global, global pandemic, risking their lives at work. And I want to share a sobering thought with you. So back in 2020, when the pandemic hit, we saw a huge increase in members requesting their wills be drawn up. And I remember our lawyers were quite surprised at the time, but I wasn't, because I think internationally, healthcare workers understood and were terrified of what was happening and what could happen to themselves. And also that says to me a lot about healthcare workers like nurses. They're pragmatic, they're organised and they're focused and they wanted to be prepared. So in this year of the nurse and the midwife, 
when we faced the coronavirus that has ravaged so many countries overseas. I want to acknowledge our experience here in Victoria. It has been devastating and it will haunt us for some time to come. 3,561 Victorian healthcare workers contracted COVID and 40% were nurses. 62% of those were in aged care. 117 healthcare workers were hospitalised and 12 required intensive care. But we also need to acknowledge the experience of others overseas and like Luke said, um, that largely we have been fortunate. We look at India with over 300,000 cases a day and a healthcare system that's on its knees. Or we can look closer to our Pacific neighbours in PNG where one in three are COVID positive. Reported in the United States is over 3,600 healthcare workers have died from coronavirus and the highest occupation represented is nurses. We can see the devastation this virus have, has caused and it's clear that in the last 12 months it's magnified the need for health and safety, the fundamental need for health and safety. It's not just PPE, it's not fit, just fit testing, although those things are really important. It goes beyond that. It's about safe systems of work and staffing and so much more. This pandemic has shown up the cracks in the system. Take aged care, for example. Here in Victoria, we have a public aged care system run by the state, which is regulated, and thankfully we had no deaths in public aged care. But then we have the private aged care system, which is regulated by the Commonwealth. And I say regulated, but it's very poorly regulated. And we know it's in fact represented by casualised work um, and understaffing, chronic understaffing. And unfortunately, those cracks became chasms in the second wave and the outcome was tragedy. So our dedicated members were writing up their wills. They were moving into apartments away from their family and friends, isolating themselves, getting pressure areas from wearing masks day in, day out, suffering the repugnant anti-lockdown movements when they, all they barely did was work, eat, sleep, repeat for months on end. Just like our community here in Victoria, they battled, they persevered and they maintained their compassion and commitment to their patients. And when it came time for the vaccine rollout program, we asked our members, will you do an extra shift? You need to consider these people have been doing overtime, they're exhausted. We asked, will you do an extra shift? Will you help out the vaccine program? And we were inundated with offers to assist. They had survived, but they collectively understood that they could be part of the fix. The next step to ensuring the health and safety of themselves, their co-workers and the wider community. And that's one of many reasons I'm very proud of them. So I'd like to acknowledge those workers that have fallen in the last 12 months, gone but never forgotten. Thank you. G'day, I'm from 3CR and I was just wondering why have you come today? Um, I've come today to be here to commemorate the uh, workers that have lost their lives over the since the last Workers' Memorial um, and to recommit to ensuring that we prevent any other workers from living their lives at work and also for people not to be injured at work. Very sobering, isn't it? Look, it's always uh, very sobering. It's always very moving. I think it's such an incredibly important um, event and it's incredibly important for us all to come together and to share that commitment. I was... 
bit shocked by some of the ways people were killed, like the uh, agricultural worker who was electrocuted because he failed to look up, um, and people being caught in machines. You, you, I mean, this seems like something from the past. I think um, many people have died over with her today in, in many different ways at work, and it just simply shouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It just simply shouldn't happen. That's what I guess I was saying. Have you been personally touched by this at work? Um, many years ago, absolutely. So for my uh, my father was injured at work um, and uh, he became paralysed uh, from a traffic uh, uh, tractor roll. Um, yeah, yeah, the tractor rolls. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Hey, you guys, I'm from 3CR and I was just wondering your reactions to today and what... Why you here? I'm here. Uh, I've been CFME member since I was 16, on and off. I'm an organiser now. Um, you know, we're working overseas. I saw a guy whose head split open yeah. on a building site over an island with his best mate, best mate trying to hold his skull together. Um, the reality is that uh, no, people no, come and give platitudes right, here and, yeah, and re- remember, but there is a lot of work to be done on making our, jo- our sites and our jobs safe because the reality is that the actual enforcement of the act and the regs on site is almost non-existent. Um, WorkSafe, while there is some moves from the government in the right directions, the bureaucracy is just not moving in the right direction to get such stuff done. And to be honest, I came here today not just to remember the people, but we need to do more than remember. We need to actively campaign to make stuff happen. We'll put 300 service press on the WorkSafe. I mean, 10. You know, they were, we just stopped the deck this morning. 20 people would have died if they'd have been sport. And, you know, we'll get fined for it. We should get the uh, yeah, state government to do a bit more in regards to people going home on a day-to-day basis. Everyone deserves the right to go home. 48 deaths, too many. Uh, yeah. have, you, have you seen any uh, results from the fact that manslaughter has become... Uh, workplace manslaughter has now entered the books? Oh, absolutely. We have toolboxes and uh, most, most companies now, especially with their workplace policies and uh, swings, are now taking it a lot more serious. So it's you know time will tell. Obviously, in terms of um, we don't hopefully it, we don't have to use that. So well, it does come into play. But uh, yeah, a lot more companies than that can be held more responsible in regards to the, these um, workplace laws and that have been in place. So yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, every day that we walk the job, there's always someone that's trying to do something that's mostly you know getting pushed by foreman or. Um, trying to meet the job criteria in terms of the line and sometimes the boys step out of the workplace in terms of the things that they do when they know they don't but they want to put food on the table so we're there to tell them as well as protect the best interests of hard and workers going home on a day to day basis so when we're on site they have confidence in us to come and tell us and then we go and address it in terms of their boss So, Well there was the uh, young woman who got crushed by the uh yeah, very, very unfortunate. Yes, absolutely. That should never have happened. It should never have absolutely. Absolutely You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. We leave the International Workers' Memorial Day outside Victoria Trades Hall on the 28th of April and go to the same place some days later to May Day celebrations. Well, it's interesting to have a day where the working people are featured rather than the, the fat cats and the intellectuals. G'day. Why are you here today? 
Uh, well, it's an important day on the socialist calendar. It's about internationalism, about seeing that we have uh, nothing in common with our rulers, but with working class people around the world fighting against this rotten system. And it's a lot of pain and war and inequality. Uh, it's a lot that we need to fight against. And yeah, that's, that's why I'm here to, to maintain these traditions and hopefully we can revive them so that they're a bit stronger in the future. Well, it's a lovely balmy sort of um, autumn day and it's really nice to be amongst people who are all chatting with each other. Yeah, I mean, that's a a bit of a surprise, isn't it, for May that we have such beautiful weather. But, yeah, rain, hail or shine, I think it's important that we're out here. We just got blessed with a bit of sunshine. So, yeah, putting us all in a good mood to uh, talk about building a stronger left here in Melbourne. Thanks. <laughs> Wake up Australia, declare a climate emergency. There's no planet B. Yeah, that's a good slogan, there's no planet B. I do, I think it's a fabulous one. And you've come to the May Day um, rally to uh, tell people about it. Oh, well, yeah, no, I'm an old unionist from way, way, way back. I've got a, a May Day uh, T-shirt on that I got maybe 10 years ago, something like that. So it seems that there's a, a coincidence of interest. Uh, unionism is, is about doing the right thing. Looking after the planet is about doing the right thing. Simple as that. Thanks, mate. Good on you. I'm from 3CR, and I was hoping that someone might talk to me about why you're here today. Yes. Yeah, you tell tell where are you from? And uh, we represent the Janata Vimukti Peribona, which is People's Liberation Front from, from uh, Sri Lanka. Yeah. So we, we the, our party based on Sri Lanka. Yeah. And so you've come to the May Day March because it's uh, uh, compatriots. Yeah, so annually it's like a tradition, uh, we uh, get together and then come and uh, participate. Uh, even we live in Australia, so it's, we thought, we feel like we are in a uh, home, because we do the same back in home, so we, uh, annually we come and then this is after a couple of years because of the COVID, so yeah, that's, that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I'm from 3CR and yeah. I was hoping to know why you're here. I'm here, I'm supporting the ABC, um, we've got a group coming in. Now why is it important? Um, well, the day is important because it's historical. I mean, it's um, you know all about workers' rights, so that's important. But we're we're sort of piggybacking on that. So yeah, yeah. But uh, obviously, the attacks on the ABC uh, oh, right, yeah, are showing right. are showing some sort of underlying malaise in Australia's politics. Oh, look. I mean, we have second monthly meetings and talk about the dilemma about the ABC. Yeah, the funding's been cut and, I mean, good people are leaving because they can't, you know, they've got no future. Um, yeah, it's really a, a big... And, and the issue is about privatisation too. There's a lot of talk about that as well, so... But also the uh, other parts of the mainstream media uh, have all been taken up by uh, three uh, particular interests, commercial interests, that are all aligned with the uh, Liberal National Party, which means that Australia is actually very close to uh, not being able to make an informed decision. Mm, Yeah, no, it's very... um concentrated in a, in a few hands so yeah so the ABC I mean I heard the other day someone say you know anyone that supports the ABC must be a socialist so you know you just sort of what wonder. What a ludicrous idea. Yeah. <laughs> well mean, you've come to the, the truth you know. Yeah. Well then again you are at May Day and uh, yeah. there's plenty of socialists here. Well that's right yeah I feel in good company. <laughs> G'day can you tell me why you're here? You put me on the spot only as you always I know I think it's always important to remember our roots and that everything we fought for, hours we work, rights at work, 
you know, these things aren't handed down to us from the powers that be. We've had to fight for every scrap from the table. And it's important to commemorate and to fight for what we have and to fight for a better world as well. You know, I haven't been to an official Mayday demo organised by Mayday Victorian Trades or Council since I was about 19. Not out of, you know, not wanting to be here, but, you know, working dead-end jobs that you're contracted to work on Sundays and couldn't come down and show your support. I mean, the last time I was here, you know, a friend of mine introduced me to Humphrey McQueen and as the march was staking around the back streets of Melbourne, you know, having a conversation with, like, holy shit, it's Humphrey McQueen. About oh. So that was quite nice and you always bump into a lot of interesting characters with a lot of stories and lessons to be learnt and whatever. So hopefully more of that happens today. No, this is a, the this is a Victorian branch of the, the Pipe Trades Employees Union, so the Plumbers Union. So we've got uh, quite a few of our next generation reps down here today, just uh, as well as the older uh, the older members, so some of our young members are coming up, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah. Keep no. Mayday going for a few more years. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, your family, your boys. Oh, my young boys. Yeah, got young Peter, Peter and Clarence the Quacker. So uh, yeah, they're with wife Sean. No, it's always been a family event. I remember coming on a Mayday march with my dad back in the 90s when I was just a young kid. So it's good to see. And hopefully, uh, uh, obviously, last year we missed out with COVID. And this year was our first one back, so hopefully next year we'll have all the rides again to encourage all the family members to come. Thanks. Hey, no trouble. Have a good day. All right, OK, yeah, I'm here. I've been coming every Mayday since about 1955. <laughs> OK, with my father. Was it, were they really big then? Huge. Absolutely huge. They all stretch along uh, the next street, uh, Raftown Street, and there were a lot of people from the Greek, Italian communities... There were floats from the unions, large floats. It has changed. I mean, it's. I guess this year I was hoping to be larger, but still we've got still time to go. But look, I'm quite happy. I've seen a lot of old faces here, a lot I haven't seen yet. But um, no, I think May Day's great, and we've got a great day for it. I always love the situation where they have a lousy day for Anzac Day and a great day for May Day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Well, thank you to the May Day Committee for the great honour of representing the Living Incomes for Everyone campaign at this year's May Day commemoration, celebration, lifting the struggle of working people for the future as well. We join with others in acknowledging and paying our respects to the First Nations people, the Wurundjeri people, of the great Kulin Nation, their elders, past, present and emerging. We go further and acknowledge and respect their immediate struggles, including that right now, in conditions of poverty in Australia, many Aboriginal families and communities are mourning the death in police custody of a member of their family and community. We stand in solidarity with that struggle, as I'm sure all of you do, whether you belong and are active in a union or a party of the left or a welfare activist group or whatever it is. The Life Campaign sends its greetings and salutations to all of the workers of the world and their organisations 
who are taking action over this weekend. May Day is a great day. It is the biggest global gathering that humankind has in front of it, bigger than any of the religious holidays, and it is a secular day, and that has been around for 130 odd years. Odd years, thank you, 134. The Life Campaign. I want to start by asking you to imagine this that a relatively impoverished member of the working class in three electorates in Australia cannot go shopping without a government-imposed cashless welfare card. And when they go shopping, they are forced by the government to spend their income in a specific way defined by the government to the great advantage of the food corporations and their retailers, Coles and Woolworths. Think about that. Because right now, the government is planning to extend that to other forms of government support and welfare. And that includes the aged pension. Those of you who are of the pension age, or heading towards it, may face up to the struggle to prevent you and your brothers and sisters from being forced into spending your money according to the dictates of the government. So we, this is one element of the poverty machine that is part of Australian society these days, erected in cooperation between right-wing governments and transnational corporations for their own benefit. So the Living Incomes for Everyone campaign was formed because what we could see in our discussions that the way in which we are struggling against this right now is inadequate. The way in which we are struggling against this injustice right now is based on sectoralism. We work in silos and we say the right things about unity and solidarity every now and again but we rarely work to build a combined movement. Well, I'm telling you that the Living Incomes for Everyone campaign is slowly working and determined with great determination to put together the connections to build a movement that can inflict pain on those right-wing governments and the corporations that they serve. We are pursuing four, five demands. We are pursuing demands about raising the minimum government income to $550 a week as the benchmark because that's above the poverty line for all. We go on and we are seeking and struggling for the end of the harassment, the penal powers that are, that are imposed upon unemployed people and pensioners and disabled people for re in return for their getting government support. And that includes especially the cashless welfare debit card and the so-called system of mutual obligations which is based upon the nonsense that unemployed people don't want to work. We struggle for secure public housing for all, owned and managed by the public. We are acting in solidarity with unions who are fair dinkum 
about winning the demands for an increase in the minimum wage at the annual wage review. This is our program. Our purpose is to break the poverty machine. And we need, we must work for, in practical ways, a greater unity and commonality of purpose across our organisation. Identity politics is not enough. We must restore class politics across all of the identities in the working class. And we can do that if we join together in the process. The downward pressure on the social wage becomes a wage cut for those who are on the industrial wage where the penal powers and the Fair Work Act are putting downward pressure on the industrial wage. Unemployment rate, $43 a day. Who can live on that? We know nobody can. And so who do the unemployed turn to? They turn to the most generous people in the population, working class people, who out of the downward pressure in the industrial wage contribute with dollars to help them out or a bed in their home. This is how it works. The social wage and the industrial wage are deeply interrelated. This is socialist political party, socialist unionism business to restore the struggle about both at the same time. I finish with this. We are trying, using the life campaign mechanisms to get much greater dialogue translated into action between pensioner organisations, welfare activist groups who do a wonderful job in their own mind but are still locked in their silos, between unions who must improve their ability to look after their unemployed members. Bringing all of that together, sometimes in baby steps, and one day in giant steps, so that we are a movement that genuinely inflicts pain on right-wing governments and the employers who need them. In conclusion, we urge you all to face up to the reality that our sectional politics is a dead end. It's at least 50% why we have 43 bucks a day for the unemployed. We can control that if we wish to. For those of us who are socialists, this is socialist business. Long live May Day, and let's make next year's at least twice as big, and let's make next year's more united for real, not just in slogans. Very best wishes and a happy May Day to you all. That's it for Stick Together this week. If you want to catch up with the show, we are podcast on 3cr.org.au and we're on iTunes and Spotify. If you want to drop us a line, email us on sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. And until next week, remember, wherever you are, wherever you work, there is a union for you. And stick together.